Yes. Hey, good morning, church. Good morning, family. How are you? I'm so excited that we get to start a brand new series. Pastor James. Thank you, Adrian. Hey, Adrian. I love you. I get to start a brand new series called Relationships 101. Pastor James asked if I could open up the series, and I said, absolutely. So I'd love to get, be able to come up here and talk with you guys. And since Valentine's Day is right around the corner, it's on, on I think, Friday, right? I need to make notes to buy something for my lovely wife. Has anyone bought yet their, their, their wives or significant others anything for Valentine's Day? Or am I the only one that hasn't done it yet? So we're going to look at, in relationships, actually love. What, what, what did God create? How did God create love? What, what, is, what is love? Because as we see it in, in our society, it can be kind of maybe different and twisted from what God actually created love to be. And, and things will change in our life all the time. There's always ever changing that goes on. And a lot of times this might be the way we look, right? Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But you want to know what does not change? What does not change is actual God's love for us. His love is everlasting. And that's kind of weird, like everlasting love. For us, can we understand what everlasting love is? We see things as, as conditional. But God's love is everlasting. It's unrelenting. It's undiminishing. It's unchangeable. It's reliable, consistent. It's steadfast. That's God's love, unwavering. This is cool. Jeremiah says this in 31.3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Man, that's so cool. The Message Bible says it this way. I never quit loving you, and I never will. You know what that says? It's the fact that God will never love me any more than he does now, and he doesn't love me any less than he does right now in this very moment. It is everlasting, unchanging. John 15, 12 says this. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. God now takes this love and he gives it out to us. And then he says, I want you to do the same. I want you to love other people the same way. So what is, how do we do that? Is it even possible to love an everlasting love like God does? It's interesting, if we take a look at divorce statistics in 2017, divorce lasts 50% of the time through the first marriage. 50% of, of marriages end up in divorce. And then when they remarry, it doesn't get any better. 67% of the time, the second marriage ends up divorce. Then we look at the third marriage, if they get married a third time, it's 74% of them get divorced. Man, the third time's not the charm there, is it? Things just get worse there. I thought, what is this everlasting love then? And, and anyone could fall in love. It's like fall into the dish. Oh, I'm in love. How you doing back there? I'm in love now. But it takes a lot to stay in love. There's actually choices that you have to make 
to stay in love. Choices that you don't just make one time or two. It's over and over and over again to stay in love. And as we start this relationship series, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at God's word and what he says about it. He created it, so let's look at what he says about it. And there's four things that God says, four choices that we must make to have this everlasting love. And we're going to look in 1 Corinthians. And if you've read through Corinthians at all, you might know there's this chapter, chapter 13, and it's kind of considered the love chapter. And when I say that, I think of like the love boat. I don't know why. But it's the love chapter. And we're going to look at chapter 13, verse 7. And we're going to look at different translations of it as well and see what God actually says about what love is. And, and, and I'll read it for you guys. It says, love never stops being patient, never stops believing, never stops hoping, and never gives up. That's God's love for you. For all of us. Isn't that awesome to hear that? So four choices we're going to look at to make that love last. And if you guys got your feelings, the first one here is love, lasting love extends grace. Lasting love extends grace. And I'm going to actually spend the most time on this point because grace is such a huge thing, a huge, a huge part in relationships and in love. Because you have to choose to be merciful. You have to choose to be loving. You have to choose to be gracious. You have to choose to forgive. You have to choose to be patient. And no relationship is going to last without grace. Lots of acceptance and lots of patience. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love never stops being patient. It also says, puts up with anything. The Bible says, patiently accepts all things. It's always ready to make allowances, always. We need to extend that grace out. And there's three important things I'm going to look at here with, with extending grace out. And the first thing, when we need to extend our graces out, grace out, is this, when their flaws and faults irritate me. Oh, man. You guys, your friends or your spouse or your husband and wife, or they just do stuff and it just, just irritates you. Just, oh. Or something they just do all the time, their fault, and you're just like, oh. You can either choose to be gracious or picky. You could either choose to be kind or critical. You can either choose to be a perfectionist or to show mercy. And each person, here's the thing, each person in a relationship is imperfect. We're imperfect people. We sin. We're all sinners. And you can't create a perfect relationship. Grace has to be the foundation of every relationship, whether it be your, through your parents, through your children, through your coworkers, through your bosses through your boyfriends, through your husbands and wives and girlfriends. Proverbs 17.9 says, disregarding another person's faults, gets this, preserves love. 
It will preserve it. When you, and when you choose to disregard that fault, you're taking, you're taking a, you say, I want to preserve this love by disregarding your faults that you have in you. Ephesians 4.2 says, be humble and gentle by being patient. Man, that word patient. With each other, making allowance for each other's faults because, why? Because of your love. Allowance, humble, gentle, loving. Here's the thing. If you're critical of each other's faults, you are none of those. Because if you're critical, you're not showing that you're humble. You're not showing that you're loving and that you're gentle. Because it's so easy for us to be critical of someone else's faults that they're, that they're doing. But you're not being loving. You're not being humble. And the second thing about when to show and extend grace is when their words and their actions hurt me. And this happens all the time. Because we end up saying things that hurts people. Other people say things that hurts us, intentionally, unintentionally. And that's when we start getting bitter. And we feel it because it hurts us when they say those things. Because we're human. And a lot of times, we're not thoughtful. And we're not thinking about our, themselves. We're thinking about ourselves. And we just become careless with the words that we are saying. And we're careless a lot of times because we're not actually listening to them. We're not hearing them. And see, the first duty of love is actually listening. It says, I love you. You are more important. Our marriage is important. And I'm going to listen to you. Our relationship is important. I want to hear what you have to actually say because you're important to me. Here's some marriage advice. John says this in John 1.9. Everyone, this is actually any relationship, but you can apply it to your marriage big time. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. You know what? 95% of our arguments would not happen if we did that. If we decide to, I'm just going to be, I'm going to listen to you, take time to listen to you. Slow, everyone should be quick to listen. I'm going to take time to listen to you. Slow then to speak. Because when I do those things, I'm slow to be angry to them, to that person, to the people we are loving. And it's not easy, but it's a choice. It's not convenient. It's loving. It's a loving choice, and it's an unselfish choice. If you want a loving, you want a love that lasts, you also can't hold on to those angers. Because when people hurt you, man, we love to just to hold on to that and we're just mad at them. And then we start to see what they do wrong. And who else does this? And you keep like a stockpile of things they do wrong. And you keep them in your head. And you not only keep a stockpile, but you categorize them and you, you order them out. And so like the next time they do something wrong, and you go after them what they did wrong. Does anyone else do that? Or am I the only one here? Because I feel awful now. <laughs> but the Bible says this. So I'm speaking to myself here. The Bible says this. They keeps no records. Love doesn't keep records. Proverbs 17.9. Love forgets mistakes. They forget about them. Nagging about them 
parts the best of friends. Do you guys have people that nag at you all the time? I see someone pointing over there. And then nag and nag and nag. And you're like, does that ever really work? Does it work in our work environment? Does it work here at church? Does it work ever in your relationships? Guess what? Nagging parts the best of friends. Proverbs 10, 12 says, love forgets all offense. Man. Proverbs 19, 11. When someone wrongs you, it is a great virtue to ignore it. Great virtue. So to extend grace, we need to, when we, when we extend this grace, when we have their, see their flaws and their faults irritate us, when their hurts and actions hurt us, and the third thing is when they sin against us. When they sin against us. They're going to sin against you. You're going to sin against them. They're going to sin against God too. First Peter says this. Let your love for one another be intense because love covers over a multitude of sin. That's powerful. You know what that verse tells me? That it forgives it will forgive over and over and over again. It doesn't make a big deal of it. Colossians 3.13, put up with each other and forgive as quickly and completely as the Lord forgave you because he does. Write this down. I don't think it's in your, in your notes. A great marriage is a union between two Great forgivers. Two great forgivers. So the second thing God teaches us in 1 Corinthians, and this is in your feelings, is this. If you want to have lasting love, lasting love expresses faith. It expresses faith. When you really love someone, when you believe in them and you have faith in them, you will trust them. You will trust them. You build into your, their confidence is when you trust them too. People think, you know, I, I just have a love problem, but what you really have is a trust problem. And we can see this. The Bible says love never stops believing in them. The Bible says always trust. The Bible says never loses faith. In the Old Testament, there's stories of Samson and Delilah. Uh, these two had, like, the worst relationships ever. But Delilah does say something that is absolutely true. And she gets this here. In Judges 16.15, says this to Samson, How can you say, I love you, when you don't trust me? She understood that. She understands that. Because trust is foundational in a relationship and with love. Now, there's three different types of people. There's the gullible people, people gullible, and they'll trust every little thing. Anything you tell them, oh, okay. There's the cynical people, and they won't trust anybody. They won't believe it, uh-uh. 
Then there's the loving people. People, those are the people who will give you the benefit of the doubt. And, and it's interesting, if you look in Mark, there's a story, Mark 6, 5 through 6. And Jesus is going to a town. And he's gonna, he wants to go to this town because he wants to perform miracles and healings and blessings to these people. And as he goes to this town, this is what Mark says. Jesus could not do mighty works. And these works were the healings and the blessings and the miracles. And he couldn't do these things because of this, because of their lack of faith. Not because of Jesus' lack of faith. He knew exactly what he could do and what he was going to do. He couldn't do it because of lack of faith and lack of trust from the people. He goes there and he wants to do something, but he can't. And this is, if this is true for Jesus, then this is true for us too. People will limit you by their unbelief. But the Bible says trust, love, trust. We've got to express our faith to them, to trust in them. It is one of the greatest gifts of love. Romans 14, 19. Let us always be seeking the way that lead to peace and the ways in which we can support each other. And this spouse might be like, how can, how can I trust this person if they violated every rule of trust? How, how can I do that? And so what do you do when you can't trust your spouse? And you can write this down. Trust God. When you can't trust them, you will trust God. Trust in God. You can tell him. Because he is greater than any situation that is going on. Why? Let me tell you why. Psalm 62.8. Trust God all the time. Not some of the time, whenever I feel like it, all the time. Tell him your problems because God is your protector, not the other person in your relationship. Your, God is your protector. Tell him your problems. God, this situation is wrecking me right now. I can't trust him because of these things. I am trusting you to do something here. He asks us to do that. Express your faith in people, guys. Express your faith in your child. In your coworker, in your family, the people in your church, because that shows love. The third thing we learn from the verse in 13:7, Corinthians 13:7, if you want to have a lasting love, is lasting love expects the best. It expects the best. Everlasting love expects it. Why? Because it is hopeful. Lasting love is hopeful. It's not stuck in the past and what did happen. Bible says love never stops hoping. It always protects. It says always protects the best. The message Bible says 13.7 always looks for the best. And so here's the problem. The longer we're in relationships, we tend to expect the worst, not the best. Because we, we know the downside of the people. 
that we've got these relationships with. And, and here's the thing. People tend to rise and fall on the expectations that we impose onto them. So, I mean, that's powerful that we have that. And so what are you expecting from your kids? What are you expecting from your spouse, your husband, your wife, through your friendships? What are you expecting from them? Are you expecting their faults? Are you expecting them not to do good? Here's the thing. You can't change bad behavior by telling them how bad they are. You change bad behavior by helping them see a picture of what they could be. Of what they could be. You know what that reminds me of? Reminds me of hope. That reminds me of the gospel. That reminds me of who Jesus is. Because that's what the gospel says. That is the preaching that I put out there. Preaching for faith. God expects the best of me. He shows me what I can be. You expect your wife to treat you like a king? You treat her like a queen. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. If you love someone, this is in the Living Bible, you will be loyal to him no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always stand your ground to defending him. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage each other and build up each other. You know what Satan's four favorite words are? You can't do it. And he tells us, and he whispers it in our ears thousands of times in our lifetime. You can't do it. You can't do it. When you tell someone that they can Guess what you're doing? You're defeating Satan right then and there, telling them that they can't do it. You're defeating him every single time you tell that person they can. That's amazing. The last thing the verse tells us in God's word is if you want everlasting love, it's lasting love endures the worst. It will endure it. And this is where a lot of people might take the step back because this is a challenge and it, it's hard. Enduring things. And we need to be persistent in this. A lot of us fall out. Because love is determined. Love is resolute. Love refuses to quit. Man, love is stubborn. Verse 7, love never gives up. 1 Corinthians 7 in the New Living Testament, it says, endures through every circumstance, everything. It's always persistent, the Bible says. Never looks back. It keeps going to the end. And some of your marriage, I am so unhappy. And you, all you foresee is the road that you're on is divorce. Divorce court is all you can see in the horizon. And I'm going to come to you as a man of God and say, don't do it. It is always more rewarding to allow God to work in that marriage. I know a couple in our church who did get divorced but decided to allow God to work in their lives and they're married again. That is powerful. That is amazing. 
And somebody said, I'm in just so much pain, Danny. I've endured so much. Don't waste that. Because God is going to use that, and he's going to glorify in it. And he will work through that. Don't run from it. There's two verses I want to close here with. And I don't know who these verses are for, but they're for someone here. Both of these might be for someone. And we're going to look in Hosea 3.1. And it says, Then the Lord said to Hosea, Go and get your wife again. Again. Bring her back to you and love her. Things we've been talking about. Even though she loved adultery. That verse is for someone. And there's some of you that may be close to you that's walked away from the Lord. Could be a child. Could be your spouse. Could be friends. Someone in your family. And they, and they walked away because they're in so much pain. And they said, I just don't even believe in God anymore. They need a group of people to say, that's okay. We believe for you. We will hang on to you. We will be there for you. We'll lay you down on the stretcher, and we will take you. Because Job 6.14 says, When desperate people give up on God Almighty, their friends at least should stick with them. When a friend, a husband, wife, child walks away from God, you don't walk out on them. You still devote yourselves to them. Because that is love. Extending grace. Ever expressing love. Expecting the best. Enduring the worst. Guys, that's how Jesus loves you. That's how Jesus loves you. And then you need to do that and take that to others as well. Some of you might be like, you know what? I don't even know who Jesus is. I'm just hearing about it the first time. Or maybe I have walked away from who Jesus is. The best way to show Jesus' love is to get Jesus inside of you. You can't imitate Jesus. You need Jesus to inhabit you, to show this love, to express this love, to be this love. And some of you are like, that is exactly what I want. It's exactly what I need. And you can do that right now. And you can accept Christ into your life. And then you can leave here and we can celebrate you being baptized together. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. And so, guys, let's be close. Stand with me. And you say, I want that love. I need that love again. I need God in my life. Everybody, everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. And you want that. All you have to do is say, I accept you, Jesus, in my life. And if you want that, you can raise your hand right now. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. And you can say this with me. Lord, I love you and I thank you. I accept you as my Savior. I believe you went to that cross and you did die for me because of my sins. That is grace right there. Save
sending is expressing his love. And I believe you took that sin from me and that you are the Lord of my life. And we love you, Jesus. I ask that you move through our church, you move through the lives of our people, Lord, that you start working them, that you start changing them, you start transforming them, and you show them how to use this love for others. Help them with this grace, Lord. Help them to endure through these pains and these problems because that's what you do for us, Jesus. You endure because you love. We, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, we all say, guys, amen.